Hello everyone! Welcome to Adventures in Careerland! Hey everybody, it's Adriano Magnifico here. I'm the host of Adventures in Careerland. This is episode 9. And as usually, I'm joined in the broadcast media studio at the Lou Real Arts and Tech Center by Isabella Suarez. How Hello, you, everyone. I'm doing well. How was your week? You're a little busy, aren't you? Yeah. Well, yesterday was a pretty like nice day because we didn't have to come to school. So, yay. I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> Lily Chen. Hello. I'm good. I'm perfect. You're perfect. <laughs> Lily has a family to take home right now, uh, take care of at home. So how's that going? Yeah, I just uh, discussed a little bit with my daughter because she didn't get a good result for her last uh, test. <laughs> Yikes. All right. So, oh, so you're one of those, uh, are, are you a helicopter parent? You're hovering over her, looking at her? Um, yeah, start off. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like the person who says, this is the way it is. All right, yeah. Hey, we're super pleased. Like, we're in the Lurial Arts and Tech Center. The broadcast media program is one of these 13 programs in the Lurial Arts and Tech Center. So we're really privileged and happy to be here. And working with two student producers of this caliber mm -hmm. and quality and humanity. Well... Is a consummation devoutly to be wished, as Hamlet said. So, we have guests here, and th this whole program, this whole podcast is about people telling their stories about the educational path they chose, and the decisions they've made, and where they've wound up, and where they hope to wind up. So we're super proud and super happy to have an RBC person here. That's the Royal Bank of Canada, person with whom I've worked for Oh my gosh, last year, I was very privileged to work with her on a project we'll talk about a bit, Isadora Draskovic. How are you, Isadora? Hello, I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me on the, on the podcast today. Oh, we're super glad you're here. Hey, we always ask about, like, you're at RBC, but you've had a very cool journey from your high school life. Do you remember when you were in high school? you're in grade 11 or 12 what was going through your brain do you remember about career um, and life <laughs> definitely sports uh definitely parties um being cool and a little bit about my future um i kind of just knew i wanted to help make the world better was kind of in some what was going through my head <laughs> well that's awesome because when I, when I met you as part of a RBC community rotation process in a great program they call Career Launch. And uh, it was Mandy Taylor. You, you, you remember, you know Mandy? Mandy's yeah. one of the senior people at RBC. And uh, she recommended, Magnifico, why don't you take on a, one of our rotation interns? And that was a program, the Career Launch program is something you're a part of. Explain that community launch program a bit. Yeah, totally. So it's part of a larger initiative from RBC called Future Launch. And so they do a lot of different um, career development things, ranging from um, people in high school to graduating from a master's degree. Um, so I was part of Career Launch, which was a year long internship. 
and there's three rotations. So the first one, you work in a branch for six months and you, um, you understand the bank, you understand how it works on the front line. And then the second one is the community rotation, which is where I was working with you, Adriano. And so they try to base it on your interests. So if you're, if you have some skills that you have kind of learned and want to develop more, um, you can let them know and they'll try to match you with a great organization or project. Um, if you want to try something completely new that you haven't done before, um, they'll put you there as well. So I was kind of in the position I wanted to try something new. I had done a lot of different things in university, but I had never done anything around career development or anything in schools. Um, so I was really happy to work with you, Adriano, um, trying something new. And then the third rotation is um, at the head office position, kind of similar style where you can um, build on skills that you already have or try something new and you get kind of a more strategic um, look at the organization from a little bit higher up that you wouldn't normally get to see. See, that's an amazing tri-piece look you had at an organization as big as RBC which is kind of cool. But before you get there, that's, that's an interesting place. And that's where you're at right now. You're actually working for them, right? Yes. So you passed the internship. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> you made it. Because there was a time they could have dumped you. You realize that, right? But they decided Very to true. keep you. That's a beautiful moment in your life. Because you did such great work. I was privileged to work with you. I, I, I thought you were a wonderful person with, with many skills. I still think that. And I'm thinking though back now high school, when you were going through, you couldn't even imagine in grade 11 thinking, I'll be working for RBC. So think about what you were doing, what you chose at university uh, and why you chose it and what, what that path was. Because you told me once you were a math person, you seemed to like math, right? Yes. So what was your path? Tell us about that path. Um, so my, I guess you could call it a problem in in um, high school and university was I have so many different interests. So I'm a math person, yes, I love calculus, um, but I like working with people more than doing math. <laughs> um, Good so for when you, I that's a little cold. That calculus is a little cold. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, but when I first came out of high school, I, like I said before, I wanted to help change the world, um, fix the problems in the world, help people. And so I enrolled in international development studies at U of W and it was honestly the only um, university, the only program that I wanted to do because I thought United Nations, they change the world and fix the world and international development is basically the United Nations. That's what you would study if you want to work for them. Um, so I started that program and then I realized, you know, if I want to be successful in it, I would have to do a master's and I'd have to do a bunch of volunteering. and. The path just seemed a little daunting to me, to be honest, and not something I was ready to think about when I was just turned 18 or 19. Um, so I also enrolled in business, and so that's where the math comes in, because it was something I'm interested in, but I also realized that business is um, everywhere, right? Even in the United Nations, even in nonprofits, in RBC, everything is some type of business, and the program would give me skills that I would need to um, work for any of these places. So it was kind of a plan B um, for me to have more opportunities when I graduated. And so when I graduated, I was very set on working for nonprofits. Um, in the city of Winnipeg, I wanted to help people um, in the city. And so I spent about a full summer, four months looking for work and struggling to find it. 
Um, when I did find it, it was awesome, but the problem was that it was very short-term contracts. That's the nature of nonprofit work, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, and so I struggled with that as well. So it was a bit of a reality check of, yes, I want to change the world and help people, but I need to take care of myself both financially and with my mental health. And so I met a lot of people who worked in different industries, not just in nonprofit, but people who worked in for government, in schools, um, in banks, in insurance companies, all over the city, all different kinds of industries, um, and realized that there's a lot of opportunities for me to um, really be satisfied and still help people, um, but not only in nonprofit. And so I joined RBC um, as an intern to try it out. I thought, why not experiment? Why not see every opportunity as a learning opportunity instead of narrowing my focus? Um, on just nonprofit and then narrowing my opportunities um, to learn and to grow. And so I'm really happy, I'm really thankful. Um, I learned throughout my whole journey there, I learned um, a few things, especially what's important to me in work. It's not just nonprofit, not just helping people. So there's a few things that I realized that I need in a job. Um, so those are helping people for sure. There's very many ways to do that. Um, collaborating with people daily and working with people daily, um, a, dy a dynamic work environment, so one that's busy, one with a lot going on. I need to be able to problem solve um, and I need to have opportunities for a lot of learning and growth. So being a banking advisor at RBC, it really does actually check off all of those boxes. Um, so Adriano, like you said, when I was in high school, I Never would have thought of working for RBC. It wasn't even like on my top 50 lists of places that I would want to work. Um, but I am really happy because it does check off all of those boxes there. Yeah, and, and, and RBC is an interesting place too. I've learned a lot. I've been a, um, a partner with RBC in Future Launch in some, in some other projects. You're aware of them. We run something called the Lurie School Division Skills Credential here. And uh, we've renewed our partnership for another couple of years, which is really challenging this pandemic, but we're, but we're still working it and we're still doing it. And RBC is doing some workshops for us this week, actually. Um, it's what I was always astounded. Sometimes you think of a bank as something that's just some large corporate monolith that's out to get you. And I thought I'm stunned by how much community work they do and the future launch program and the career launch program just opened my eyes to the community involvement of this organization. So when you say, um, you know, you never imagined working for RBC, now you can. And this is a, not only are they trying to make profit because that's what they do, they're also so invested in the community. It just astounds me, their reach. And uh, I'm, I've just been so impressed with this organization. And I think you're super lucky to work for this place because it does check a lot of boxes for you that way. It uh, it checks a lot of the, uh, some of those, you had such passion for, like when you talked about the United Nations, and it's funny you say when you talked about the United Nations piece, it was a bit daunting, because our last guest, Andres, also said that. He went up and he wanted to do this, and then heard of it, and then he ran. He said, forget it, I can't do this, and, and he took off. And I, I suspect you might be ready for it in the next, like, you know what I mean? Like your courage and your mm -hmm. strength and your confidence just just begins to kind of flourish once people show confidence in you. And that's what RBC does, right? Like, a, it's just a neat organization that way. Hey, tell me about, like, life in university. You said you played a lot of sports. Like, what did you get from your sporting life that you think has really influenced who you are? 
Hmm, that's a great question. Um, so I played sports, not in university, but in high school um, all throughout. And um, it really taught um, focus for sure. Like you really need to, if you want to get better at something, sports is really the place where, you know, you're forced to do the, the, the um, exercises to, to build that skill. Um, and it's really tangible, right? Like you, you want to get better at passing a ball in volleyball. That's the sport that I played. Um, you have to practice passing. And then I know that I was, I was passing the ball against the wall for an hour every single practice. And we had three practices a week. But you really saw the result of that um, after two or three weeks of doing that. I got a lot better. And so I think it really shows that the practice does make progress. And, and it's a really great way to see that tangible result. Because sometimes in school, you know, you... There's, you're in school for so long, you're not necessarily focused on one thing to get better at. Um, and that definitely helps in the workplace too, because, you know, being in a specific role, there's lots of different skills that you need to work on and that will help help you do your job better. And so really understanding that kind of analogy of, you know, I, I want to get better at this. I need to pass the ball against the wall. I need to keep practicing it to get better. And then, um, you know, trusting that process and trusting that you will see those results at the end. Um, sports definitely helped me with that and, and also helped me with managing a lot of um, priorities. You know, you have practice, you've committed to that practice, but you also have to finish your homework and, and eat and sleep. And so it really helped lay the foundation for being able to manage that going into work and going into university. Hey, when you were busy then, you're, you were a busy person. What thing always got short shortchanged? because you were so busy that you wished you could get at. Do you remember some of those times? Like, was it sometimes was it sleep? Sometimes was it food? Sometimes was it homework? Because you never missed a volleyball practice, right? Yeah, pretty much. Never. You never missed that stuff. Like, and that's the great irony. The great irony of high school is, or if it's ironic in, its, in this way, but uh, all the stuff we do on the outside of high school is the stuff we love to do. We never miss it. Then you go into the school and, oh, well, I'll get to that. I'll do that essay when I can. Or, you know, you you have to find time. What stuff got yeah. short shortchanged, do you think, sometime? And for the average kid, yeah, like I think... you were hanging with them, too, because you said you were cool. All right. Magnifico is never cool, okay? Okay, so I'm just, I'm talking to a cool girl. This is pretty impressive for me right now. So, <laughs> so <laughs> how... Uh, what got kind of short changed and in, in your circle of cool and other, I'm kidding around, but what, what did people have to really decide? I'm going to move this off to the side. Yeah, I think definitely sleep was the big one. <laughs> um, but I think in terms of what got missed, it was the, the amazing career development stuff that you're doing in schools right now. That wasn't really a focus when I was in high school. Um, to give you context, I'm 26 years old, so that was about eight years ago. Yeah, about eight years ago. Um, so career development wasn't really a focus. So I think that, you know, being able to explore your interests of volleyball or any sport is great. Um, but the reality is, you know, I wasn't planning on being a professional volleyball player. That wasn't yeah. in my trajectory. My trajectory was to find a stable job, something that I love to do. Um, so I think definitely there was some focus um, from career development and planning. And, you know, I, we would go to 
career um, exhibits and um, you know evening things where you can get pamphlets and talk to people. Yeah, and the so symposiums. I would, I would collect a bunch of pamphlets. Yeah. All the symposiums and, would, and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, the, the word was escaping me. Um, but I would collect a bunch of pamphlets and I'd need to do research on them and then never got around to it. It wasn't, nobody was on me to, to research these things. They were on me about homework and about going to practice. So I think definitely it takes away from um, the time to, to plan for your future and to really explore those other options that you want in terms of, you know, doing volunteer opportunities or um, networking with people in that industry. It's just, it wasn't something that was focused on for well, sure. You're, well, I you're talking that. about something we talk about all the time, like Isabella and, and, and Lily and I talk about all the time. You collected so many dots, but you didn't connect them. Like, and that's what you've done. You've done an exercise that no 26 year old has ever done. You completed the lean <laughs> career design canvas that we use at Luriel School Division to help students connect the dots. Here, throw it away. To help students connect the dots of their experiences. So what you're speaking about always struck home like because we talked a lot. It was so much fun having you here for the few months you were here because we talked a lot about sometimes the lack of reflection that goes on in high school. We do a lot. We're busy. We sacrifice things to do these things, but we don't reflect on what they mean to you as an individual and what they mean to you moving forward, even though they're all good. Like what you're talking about now, the focus and all those pieces, no one ever talked to you about that. It was just a fun thing for you to do and something that, that gave you identity, something that gave you, it, 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 it kept you fit. Uh, it was, uh, it, it created a group of friends for you on that team and stuff. So that was always cool. Do you remember you're doing the career canvas? Like the, the big canvas starts with that problem, right? And asks, what do you want to figure out in your life? And I remember yes. you doing it. How long did that take you? And, and you said it was a tough exercise. Do you want to explain that? Even at your, at your kind of your age now, which is much more mature than being in high school where everything's like that, you found it really tough. So imagine a high school kid trying to do it, but talk about what that experience was like doing that lean career design canvas. Yeah, it was a really great experience. It took me the whole three months that I was with you, Adriana, you gave it to me on the first day. And I think I completed it two days or a week before I left. Um, so why it was really good. So for me, it was, I had started collecting or connecting the dots. So after graduating university, you need to, you know, put together your resume. You do really need to think about these things. So I had, I had started doing that. Um, but what the canvas was really great for was articulating it and like actually writing it down on paper, um, all of the pieces to that. So even when I had connected the dots, I hadn't done it in a piece by piece, by piece way. I had just done it in a way that I would have to just put it on my resume um, and be able to explain it really briefly. So um, in that sense, it was really, really good. And I, it's such an awesome tool to have, like to even to start that reflection in high school, like I'm 26 and I'm doing something that kids in high school are doing. And I think that's just um, really awesome that, that you start the reflection process and even going back to your childhood, right? There's pieces on the canvas about that, like I love to read and what does that mean for um, my career um, prospects and what I would want to do or playing volleyball, right? That shows me I want to be around people um, and I want to do something really interesting and engaging in terms of reading. And um, yeah, so it was really, really 
great process, but really hard to to think back all the way and and really connect those dots from childhood up until now. You know, it's it, you make a great point because you said uh, really the only place without something like a canvas or other tools like it, um, the only place to do that is on your resume. It's the only place where you try to connect dots. So if you've done a lot of the connecting, your resume just becomes stronger. Your resume becomes mm -hmm. an offshoot of it instead of the connect the dots place. And a resume is not really, it's a connect the dot place for a specific thing, right? For a specific audience and a, and a particular employer, usually, or a scholarship adjudicator. So that's, it's fascinating. Like I've never heard it that way too, but the resume is the only place. And kids really, for the most part, suck at resumes because I work with them all the time. And it's just, it's a difficult thing for them to do, mostly because of what you're saying. They don't reflect, they haven't reflected. So they just list. They just start listing things all the time. And listing is, is the collection. The collection is the springboard and the foundation for the real connecting, which turns into the great resume or turns into some of the the life-affirming thoughts you have about yourself. Like what kind of thoughts? Now, I, I'm looking at Isabella here and, and Lily. These are uh, like, you're a mom and you're, Lily's from China. Uh, Isabella's from Brazil. Young and semi-young. That's what I'll say here. Okay. And uh, old guy. So we've always had this fascinating discussion about our mindsets and you're in the middle kind of, this is great. So we finally have the whole group here. Like you're, it's when you're moving through your, your pathways, what were, what was important to you? Like she's from Brazil and she's here as an international student. Isabella, you're listening to what, uh, is Adora. I don't want to get you guys mixed up. Those names are similar. <laughs> uh, what was going, have you done a lot of reflection or are you thinking I'm just picking it up and moving and it's one thing after another? Yeah, I think this is really interesting what Isadora was saying because um, even if like, for example, you're like 27, is it 27, right? 26, close 26, <laughs> 26, sorry. Um, you're still connecting the dots. Um, I am like 19, so I'm really um, like just out of high school and I'm still connecting everything, but the important thing is like what you said, um, being very um, reflective about what are the activities that you've done in high school and also have a chance to volunteer in different things. Um, after I left high school, I kind of had an idea what I wanted to do. So I started volunteering in things that were very similar to like radio and television. So I started doing um, volunteer work with U of W at their radio station and um, the more I learned from this experience the more I could connect these dots so I can totally get what you're saying and um, I also have a question for you you were talking about um, your side of being like really good with numbers but you also love people so how is your job right now able to um, mix both of these strengths that you have that's a really great question. Thanks, Isabella. Um, yeah, it's actually the perfect combination. So the role of a banking advisor is to have a relationship with your clients, to really understand what their whole kind of life journey is and their financial journey. And so um, having that, you know, being able to talk to people and really enjoying being with people and connecting with people, um, that's really a strength that, um, that is first in 
in this role in that relationships that you have to make um, with people because you have to be able to talk right you have to ask questions ask the right questions make people laugh you know make people feel like they're really heard um, and then the financial side is so I I focused on economics and finance in my business degree. And so it's very fitting um, talking about investments and talking about different credit. You know, you do calculations with the clients. So being able to, to be quick with those numbers and those um, quick calculations so that the client really trusts you, um, those are, it's really honestly the perfect combination of those two uh, math and people. <laughs> Now, Lily as well. I look at Lily, Lily's daughter. She just came down on her daughter for a bad test result. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, I am. And you felt that. Did you feel that pressure from your mom and dad, too? Yes. Isadora? <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> what I want to discuss We're in with a her. Family, yeah. so we okay. uh, lots of pressure. <laughs> okay, so is, what, Lily, why don't you ask her? Yeah, uh, hi, uh, Isadora. Because my, I, I have just, in fact... Uh, it's not a kind of argument, but not very pleasure time with my daughter last yesterday. I am I'm, I'm, I'm regret for that. I'm, in fact, during your conversation, during this conversation, I'm kept on thinking about whether I'm right or wrong. You know? Yes. Yeah, because I always push my daughter to say that you need to go to a super, uh, how to say, uh, good university. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. And so that you need, like, uh, if you want to go to uh, uh, Toronto University or you yes. want to go to uh, McGill. McGill, yeah. McGill, yeah. You need uh, to get uh, average 90, 90, over 95%, I mean, the grade of the, your resort. So when she didn't, uh, couldn't match, but now she's only grade 10, I, I think she still have time. But I always feel like when she want to do some sports, when she want to play some video games, when she want to do something, for me is not linked with academy things. I will be, you know, <laughs> very anxious, you know. Yes, yes. You so know. I, yes. I push her a lot. And I, I just want to know, like, uh, as you're, you are now uh, an, a student, right, But y in university, but do you remember in your high school, how you deal with your parents about all these pressures? And, uh, and the, the, <laughs> yeah, do you feel like uh, angry or like something? Okay, Isadora, this is some serious counseling going on here, okay? So <laughs> tread very carefully, okay? It's a very delicate soul you're dealing with here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, so when I was in high school, I honestly, I can't remember too much about how I reacted to it. I think, um, I'm sure there was a lot of anger and frustration. Mm -hmm. Um, in my last year though, I kind of stopped caring about my grades so much, to be honest. Um, I had met someone who got into U of M and said, you know, really your grade 12 grades don't matter too much. And I was a smart student, so without without trying too hard, I could get a decent grade, like at least a B. Um, so I wasn't too worried about that, but I think it depends um, what you want to do, right? I know some of my friends are going to PhDs, and so the school that they go to really does matter. Um, but if, if someone doesn't know what they want to do, they're not totally sure, they're not for sure set they want to do a PhD or be in med school or um, something like that, it really, um, I think, that space for the creativity to develop and um, and those different experiences, I think, was really valuable. 
um, to me, even when I was in university, I would I joined a bunch of student groups and I did a lot of fundraising, and that was that was around what I wanted to do. And my grades did suffer because of it, um, not too much, but I couldn't be the best student because of those things. But I think those experiences really did um, did set me up for success in terms of you know working in nonprofits and working with people and networking and being able to make those connections because you know the the job right now it's a lot of making connections it's not um it's not necessarily academic and so reflecting now like i do wish my parents were a little easier on me because i do internalize that <laughs> also even now Lily's i'm sorry i'm not Lily's in tears right now by the way so. <laughs> Trust you're aware. she's gonna need the personal counseling after this podcast <laughs> thank you thank you so much yeah, I have one more question to ask is uh, just now you said that you didn't imagine that you could go to um, uh, RBC, right? Well, uh, yeah. But before you got this opportunity, wh what do you plan for your career? What is your imagination about your future career before you have the opportunity to go to RBC? Um, before that, so I can't say that I actually had a set plan. Um, when I left university, I just was focused on finding a job in the nonprofit industry, to be honest. So um, my plans, they're very general. When people ask me what my dream job would be, I usually say like, as an example, would be the, the CEO of United <laughs> Way. Um, so very general. So I do still want to work um, in a position where I can really help people and and affect their lives um and even being at rbc as adriano mentioned there's so many they do so much community work and they have a whole department they have multiple departments that are focused on um, how do we support the community and where do we focus our our money and our volunteer work and so even being at rbc i can still see myself fulfilling um those dreams and ideas that i have for my future career and so what i've learned is that it's not it's not necessarily helpful to have a, a set point because um, if you only have one plan A with a specific point in mind, life happens, so many different things can happen um, and different opportunities can come up that you might miss because you're only focused on that one thing. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I'm fluid. I do want to live in different countries. I do, I do still have a lot of different ideas of what I want to do. So keeping that general, um, general goal in mind of helping people um, is kind of where I'm at right now with my future goals. See, that's kind of neat what you're saying too. I always talk to kids about this. When you put all your eggs in one basket and say, I want to be a doctor and then find out you don't like the color of blood, then <laughs> that's a bit of a problem. So yeah. I, I like what you're saying. Like you're talking about clusters, like more career clusters where there are many mm -hmm. jobs within this space where you want to help and serve others and make a difference in the world related to your skill sets. And that's, I. I think it's a really healthy and a great way to do it. And it's it's cool that RBC connects to that, right? And, and so other organizations yeah. may have that ability to, to connect to that. And so I, I think the, I talk about it in the, in the concept of clusters. It's better to look at life as clusters and what cluster you fit in instead of the particular job. It's more to think about all the jobs within that cluster and the possibilities. It'll, it'll just... It'll take the stress off you a bit too. To like, if you don't become the doctor, I mean, 
you'll need counseling like Lily does after this session. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be, it'll just be a great disappointment <laughs> to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's good. I'm sorry, I, Lily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I really, I learned two points at least from. Well, what have you learned? Tell us what you yeah, learned. Yeah, the、Lily. first things when she talked about sports, when she said that she learned for focus. In focus, sports, yes, right, focus,、yes. and build skills, right, and practice make the、uh, things better. Yes, the yes. things. And I just recalled one time I I forgot to re-、uh, in which podcast we have talked that the sports also taught people how to learn from the、uh, not only to win but you should accept the condition. Most of the part you will lose, yes, right? Yes. And、mm-hmm. I think for my experience, it's like back to China and all these gen- young generations. They are too eager to win, and they couldn't afford to lose. Yes. So when they're facing some kind of losing situation, it's like, it's my God, yeah. yeah, they yes. will feel like, oh my God, that's the end of the world. So that's what you know. Great point. Yeah, Great she point, she、really. taught to me to think about. Sports definitely. I will push my daughter again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that sports. Isadora, what's your greatest <laughs> failure then? That's what we want to know right now. That you've learned from.、Is、that a tough one or is it too much? <laughs> Volleyball. That's a tough one. I think it's a, it's a progression. Because、um, I think yeah, Lily, you make a really great point in terms of winning. Like we're my generation, like millennials, right? We're Raised in part by media and social media, and so we learn a lot from that, and we learn a lot about perfection from that. And so I think throughout this whole career journey, it's been understanding like not everything will come right away, and not everything will be perfect. And so I think it's there's no great failure, but it's it's a like little failures ar-、mm-hmm. along the yes. way、yes. um, that were tough to overcome and to really learn that. It's going to take time, and it's not going to be perfect, and it's not going to be what you want right away. Yes, that's that's a great point. You know what? Do you have anything else? No,、uh, I, I just to say that that's the first point she told me,、yes. and the second one is she said that you know at the very beginning her she don't really have a really、um, how to say specific plan. Specific, yeah. yeah. Yeah, specific plan, but then step by step. She find out okay from a a big range to a small definitely point, right? Yes. So. So for your own daughter, then Lily, is this、yeah. part part of her journey? Yeah. That we have to respect and. Yeah. And give it. Yeah. So there's there, there's lots to learn there. Everyone's on a journey, right? And everyone's trying to figure it out. And yeah. The, and, and the failures and the successes are all part of that. Yeah. I'm so happy <laughs> to talk to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. So I think the counseling session has taken a turn for the better now. I, I, I think we're going、okay. on. A, okay, I'll get you some Kleenex to dry those tears. <laughs> okay, and, thank and, you. And we can move on. That's good. You know what? You've、uh, we're、uh, Isadora's got to run for a meeting. Yeah. I can see, but you know what? What a pleasure to have you here, Isadora.、Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I keep in touch with you and we keep talking and get? We're doing an RBC event this week. Talk to Deb and、uh, Kathleen about it、um, because you. I'm sh- 
you have lots to offer youth about planning and thinking and reflection. You've been through a process that we're trying to get kids to go through. So uh, you have special insight now that most people don't have about what we're trying to do in Louis Riel with every single high school student. And it's a great challenge, uh, that, that important important reflection piece and I just have a feeling one day like your original thought was I want to work for the UN a little piece of me thinks something like that will happen down the road I don't know when or where but you're building all the skill sets and even if it doesn't happen you're building all the skill sets that are that are turning you into the leader and that's what I that's what I begin to see in you. I see this emerging leader, this leader who has the potential to influence, to make the difference that you think you want to do. And I just, uh, I think RBC is lucky to have you. <laughs> and I was super lucky to have you as a, as a, as an intern last, uh, last fall. So, Hey, we appreciate you being on our podcast. You've been a great guest and I think you're going to inspire. I'm going to force students to listen to this. So that's the way I do it. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, I have no doubt you're going to influence some uh, some young minds into thinking about there are many ways, many ways to seek and to find and explore, but it's important that you just stay on the path and checking out what sticks to you and what works for you. So that's good. Hey, we appreciate it. And everybody, again, Lily, thanks so much. Insightful as always. She's yeah. the mom of the group, right? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the grandfather of the group. And here's our young daughter, Isabella. So uh, we're so glad you're a part of this, Isadora. That's the end of our podcast today. Everybody, episode nine, Isadora Draskovich. Thanks so much for coming. And thanks to RBC Thank for being a part of our world today. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye -bye. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Isadora. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.